This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Manchester United headed to Wembley. One game still to play, but the Reds could hardly have put themselves in a better position than they have done with a 3-0 away win at Nottingham Forest City ground. Marcus Rashford opened the scoring early on with his 10th goal in 10 games. Wout Weghorst scored his first goal for the club just before the break. And Bruno Fernandes made it 3-4 for him late on to make it an emphatic scoreline to take back to Old Trafford next Wednesday. A very warm and happy welcome to the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. Thank you for joining me, Harry Robinson and Jack Tate for... uh, Pretty immediate post-match review. Let's get stuck in, Jack. That was uh, that was enjoyable at the at the very least, wasn't it? It was a game that could easily have gone quite differently if uh, Nottingham Forest's goal yeah. was allowed in the first half after a very marginal offside. But other than that, yeah, pretty comfortable evening for United. I think it showed, in some ways, the progression that we've made. They didn't really feel like we got out of second gear for most of the game certainly weren't at our best yeah. yet still felt very comfortable for the majority of the game yeah I definitely don't think we were at our best and, and as you say I think that's a well a testament to two things one the the lack of quality possibly in Nottingham Forest defence and I think their tactics as well they made that really open uh, which made it pretty easy for us to, to get through um, but yeah good from United clinical finishing when it when it was required with all three goals Rashford Vekost and and Fernandez but yeah just a a really I mean you you just could not ask for more from that game and and you're right it could have been not only the the goal that was given and then disallowed by VAR for offside but also the fact that we scored so early prevented it from developing into a really good atmosphere at the city ground Still a good atmosphere from the United away fans, so it looked like a, a properly good away end. United's first trip to Nottingham Forest since 1999 when we won 8-1 there. That and a story I'm sure everyone's seen in the build-up to this game. It was a, a high-demand 
match for United's away support and they, they certainly made the most of it. It's a, a great ground to go to, a lovely, lovely ground just on the edge of the River Trent in Nottingham. And uh, yeah, I was very jealous watching watching from home, especially with three goals to celebrate and one right at the away end, uh, right at the end in front of the, the away support. Should we talk through the goals first? Because I think they sum up a few good themes, particularly with the first two scorers, beginning with Rashford, who after four minutes scores a, a really, a really good goal. Terrible defending and goalkeeping, but you can you you can only beat what's in front of you. Yeah, well, yeah. Firstly, that the defending and goalkeeping lead leaves a hell of a lot to be desired. I mean, Rashford picks the ball up in twenty yards yeah. of space. Doesn't really get shut down. Faces Diego Maradona. No? <laughs> I mean, this is true. Like you said, it the best players take advantage of what's put in front of them, and Rashford sure, surely did that. I mean, it was. I, I mean, it, it was a goal that kind of sums up. I think everything that's so different about Rashford now than it was twelve months ago. Yeah, you know that is the kind of run, the kind of confidence that he just didn't have on the ball to even. You know, when he when he gets to it was I think it was Warrell and Froehler that he kind of took the ball between yeah. after they shut him down. You know, 12 months ago, never would have tried to put that ball in, in between the two of them. And, you know, in the end, he gets a little bit of luck, but you kind of make your own luck at times by actually just trying those those kind of things and they come off. It's a good finish in the end, although, like you said, goalkeeping could have been better. I mean, he just <laughs> continues to produce game after game. I, I Honestly, watching the game, my reaction when that went in, after initially celebrating, it was honestly, I just kind of laughed. Because it's just like, yeah, it's yeah. almost got to a point now now where Rashford feels so inevitable in every game that he's going to pop up with a moment like this, even when he doesn't play at his best. This wasn't his best game for the hour or so that he was on the pitch, but as a in the way that all yeah. the best players do, he pops up with moments. Well, and that's the key as well. What what we think about Marcus Rashford now is no doubt what he thinks, and you get the sense that this is a a player who thinks, yeah, I'm I am inevitable. Not in a in an arrogant way or anything, but the confidence that's flowing through him right now is it's it's so evident to see. You can just tell he's not in in kind of the complete opposite to what we were seeing last season. You can tell he's he's not thinking about his touches. He's playing off instinct and just the feel of the ball with his feet, and that's what you can do in runs like this when your confidence is so high. And you saw it in the goal that yeah, you just you you put it through Warren. And, um, and the other forest defender because yeah, you think just a bit of space through there. If I get through there, great. I might have a chance on goal. If I don't, then oh well. Um, I thought the most impressive bit for me was the step over. He has a bit. You're right. He has a bit of luck to get through the two defenders. Uh, poor defending from them, but also a little bit of luck in the way it deflects. I think it's Warrell who gets the touch. A little bit of luck, but then the step over to get his body across Warrell to then give him spells, give himself space to shift it from his right onto his left foot, shift his weight and then finish with his weak foot is, I mean, it's really good. Uh, we we know Marcus Rashford's really good, but it's really good and it's worth appreciating. Well, to, to the point about, so he knows that he's inevitable and how that changes his mindset too. It kind of goes back to what we talked about a few weeks ago with his celebrations yeah. too. It's, it's such a small thing. Like obviously the way he celebrates a goal doesn't change how he's playing on the pitch, but I think, the fact that his celebration now, he's obviously got the this, this sort of salute and it, it's just the way he celebrates goals at the moment. It's like just, yeah, I'm that good. And that's just what I do. You know, it's not an explosion of joy or shock or anything else. He, he's, he's almost just, he knows he's going to score eventually. And it's just a recognition of like, this is how good I am. I am the main, the main man yeah. in this team. 
And like I said, it doesn't change how he's actually playing, but I think it's just a sort of symptomatic of the confidence and the mindset that he's taken into these yeah, games. Yeah, and we don't know what the reason for that is. He was obviously playing pretty well before the World Cup. There is the the fact he scored three goals in three games at the World Cup. For starters, the fact one of them was like a, a great free kick. There's the fact that Cristiano Ronaldo is not at the club anymore. There's the fact that he's under a new manager who gives him, uh, gives puts belief into him and gives him very specific responsibilities. That the mood around the club is good. Seems like everything is going pretty well in his private life. There were suggestions that wasn't going quite so well uh, about a year or eighteen months ago. Everything's come together for him, but it also feels it, it, it's not just a general happiness thing it feels like he's just got this drive for goals now at the moment and and yeah I think it, it, I saw a good not not necessarily a perfect comparison in every way but a good comparison on Twitter and I, I wish I could uh, attribute it to the, the person who said it but I've, I've forgotten who said it that it, it feels like when Rashford came when Ronaldo came back um in 2006 or 07 and it it really just started to switch on and it 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 felt like he suddenly knew he was very confident before there's no doubt about that he was a, a big old showboat but suddenly felt like there was just this this inner belief and drive and directness to his play and you're getting that from Rashford now and it's it's brilliant to watch it's uh yeah it's lovely Val Veghorst first goal for United Forrest obviously came back into it but before then very fortunate to that offside decision so tight and, and you'd be fuming if you're a Forrest fan because to be honest you'd be fuming if you're neutral as well because decisions like that's not what the offside rule was put in, in, in place for but this is uh, this is not the time to have a conversation about that we got off with one it was fortunate to score late in the half but it's a good goal great finish and a great bit of play from Anthony, who we'll speak a bit more about later, but mainly on Veghorst for now. That was a that was a great finish and good for him as well. Yeah, and fully deserved. I, th- I think in the Arsenal game and against Forest, I think he's done generally really well. We mentioned it a little bit in the last episode, talking about what he did bring to us, especially in the first half against Arsenal. And I thought it was more of the same tonight. There was some really, really lovely touches. Still, occasionally he comes short a little bit too much. There was one moment in particular where Bruno Fernandes got a little bit frustrated at him because he sort of shut down Bruno's space. But in general, I, I think he's offered us a, a slightly less dynamic version of, of course, but something similar to what Martial does in that ability to come short, pick up the ball. He doesn't have Martial's ability to turn and run at players in the same way, but just being able to link up play and letting who are effectively just the more dangerous and creative players in this team like Rashford and Anthony and Bruno Fernandes let them be the ones that get beyond him and really provide the main goal threat. You know, that's, I think, what Veghorst yeah. has done and, and probably will do. He, he's certainly not any long-term answer. You know, he's got plenty of limitations no. in his game, but his profile does match up quite well with the kind of striker that United need at the moment. I found it really interesting because I think I asked you in the last episode, having been at the Arsenal game and and you, you'd watched on TV, I, I think I asked you... Uh, like what you'd thought of Veghorst because from the away end of the Emirates, which is really low, so it's it's quite difficult to get that kind of overall view and really see what's going on. I I always think this with managers and touchlines that are 
below the pitch. I always think, how can you really read the flow of the game here? Uh, but that's, that's a separate point. It was really interesting this time, having thought he played quite poorly against Arsenal, but being very aware that that was an opinion restricted by my view of it, to watch him now. Different game, a lot more space, coming under a lot less pressure, easier opposition, but I was impressed. There were just some, yeah, really good hold-up play. There was one bit where United won a bit of pressure, had been for a couple of minutes and goes up to him and he wins a foul. That's what I think we lacked a bit at Arsenal very late on when his his influence waned a bit. There was another one where he did really well, but he needed those runners off him and he didn't have it. So I, I agree with what you're saying that that's what he's there for. I don't think it's, it's not quite there yet. And there was another example where uh, this time it was his fault for not making the run on the can't remember exactly what minute but a wonderful Lissandra Martinez ball over the yeah, top yeah, yeah. Bruno Fernandes cuts it back and Veghorst almost got there but he hadn't he hadn't really read the Fernandes run which started off very early from deep and he set off far too late and wasn't there to, to meet Fernandes's cut back and it, so in, in that sense but also the sense of players not running off Veghorst is not quite well oiled yet um, which is maybe a surprise given that he's fulfilling a somewhat similar role to to what we wanted Martial to do if he were to be fit uh, but I've, I, hopefully it will come with time and and that's the other thing is if United's next striker is going to be of the same profile to Veghorst then it's kind of like a the rest of the team now have a, a dress rehearsal for the, the future strike to come in and get used to that style of play before a long-term option comes in. Yeah, it's sort of like a bedding-in process, isn't it, for someone of that kind of profile? And I think I think what Veghorst has shown us is what a player of his kind of style can bring to this team in terms of giving us that focal point. You mentioned that one where he, he won a foul after he'd been under pressure for a couple of minutes. That is the kind of outlet and sort of safety valve that we've really lacked at times, especially in big games when we have been under the cosh for sometimes, you know, five or 10 minutes at a time. And in attack, you know, there's two in particular in the first half that led to good chances for Anthony. One where Anthony played it into Veghorst, Veghorst laid it to Bruno Fernandes, who then played it to Anthony and Anthony probably should have scored. And Hennessy, to be fair, Hennessy made a good save. but Lovely goal, lovely move. It would have been a lovely goal. And there was another one earlier on as well where Anthony ended up shooting wide but Veghorst got the ball. I think it was from Rashford or yeah. Malassia. It was coming in from the left-hand side. Lovely first-time layoff to Bruno Fernandes, who then played it out to Anthony. You know, it's those, it is those kind of touches. I mentioned that players like Rashford and Anthony and Bruno Fernandes are, and in Fernandes and Rashford have been for a number of years, really the, the main sort of create, creative and, and goal threats in this team. And in some ways, we don't necessarily, we would love a striker that can score 30 goals a season. But in some ways, having a player like Veghorst who probably isn't going to score tons of goals himself, but can sort of be a, something of a facilitator for those other players is actually a, quite a useful role in this team at the moment. Yeah, without a doubt. I think there were some bad bits to United's play. Defensively, clearly got away with one for the disallowed goal for offside. There was a good 10, 15 minute spell where Forrest were, were well into it. But even... It's a funny one because the scoreline is convincing, emphatic even. And and as I said at the start of the show, you really can't hope for for much better than that. That's the perfect result, the perfect, um, not just result in terms of scoreline, but also no injuries. Rashford only played 55, 56 minutes. Ericsson got a bit of a rest, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I don't think we played that well. I think we had some really good moments. 
And in fact, there were some very short spells where we controlled it really well with good possession, patience, just kind of taking this thing out of the game and, and resting. But I don't think what we saw is a properly controlling performance, especially from about 30 minutes onwards until the final couple of minutes of the first half. But I also think the whole of the second half was just, I, I think Ten Hag, I can't remember after which game he, he said it, but it was after a United win. And he said something about it being too much like a tennis match. And he didn't say that today, but I think he, he may well have been thinking it because it just didn't feel controlling, did it? It didn't feel like we completely killed the game like you might see Manchester City do in recent years. And in the end, maybe had we gone down that route, we might have only won 2-0. So it's a bit of a, it's it's a tricky one to to make my mind up on. But we didn't, it, if, if Forrest had played better, I don't think it, well, it wouldn't have ended like that, of course. Maybe it's a, a futile statement, but I think we kind of got <laughs> away. We got away with one because of the opposition, in a, in a sense. Yeah, I felt, you know, you mentioned United were poor defensively. I thought we were okay defensively in sort of structured defence. We were just terrible in transition, even more so than normal. You know, Casemiro has really yeah. helped with that. Apart from, apart from Lissandra Martinez. Yes, yeah, he was excellent all day. He was brilliant. But in, yeah, in, in transition, we were unusually bad compared to what we have been really since the World Cup where Casemiro has made a massive difference. You know, Lindelof came in, I thought he was okay, nothing special really, but there were so many times when the ball would break and Brennan Johnson in particular caused us all kinds of issues. Him and Gibbs White had quite a big influence whenever they were you know, both yeah, good, whenever Forrest won the ball back, they, they would break really quickly. I mean, it's where the disallowed goal came from. We lost the ball on the edge of Forrest's box after Rashford tried to play it across to, I think it was... Ericsson or Fernandez, and we—I mean—we had literally no cover between the edge of our own box and our defence on the halfway line. So that is definitely an issue for United. It was, yeah, I mean, a game that could have ended up, like you mentioned, very, very differently. Who knows what could have happened after that? But there was a scoreline that certainly flattered us in terms of you know goal-scoring chances. Forest didn't create a whole lot outside of the disallowed goal, but. Certainly not a, a game where United really dominated and controlled things in the way that you'd want in a game like this. I've got to give some credit actually to Mads Thompson, who has been tweeting me for about a month now, pretty much every game United have been going ahead, saying that you know we don't manage leads properly. And, and I think they have a point, and today was definitely yeah. a case of that. Sometimes it feels like United, when we go ahead, especially against opposition that on paper United should be beating, it feels like we we just become a bit sloppy and it we we almost play the game like we're already winning three or four nil and everyone sort of wants their goal, yeah. everyone, you know, wants their moment in the spotlight and everyone gets a little bit greedy or just becomes a little bit laborious, a little bit lackadaisical and, and it, sometimes we get pegged back. It was very similar in some ways to the Everton FA Cup game where, again, we went ahead and felt like we, we kind of dropped off a cliff. It's similar against Charlton as well, really, where... You just sometimes we go ahead and we don't. Yeah, we we keep our foot down and that we're still attacking, but it becomes it, it just it becomes too unstructured. Well, we're neither getting the second goal nor really just making things slow. Yeah, exactly. We're we're kind of we're stuck in the middle, you know, and that's never a, never a good place to be, in no man's land. Yeah, exactly. I, I completely agree, and it's. It's going to be something that United need to improve at. We spoke before the World Cup. I remember saying one of the things that we wanted when we returned from the World Cup was to start winning some games by a bigger margin because at that point we'd been winning every game basically by one goal. We have done that. 
But yeah. it is also still something that I think we need to we need to improve on. Like you mentioned, you either really go in for the kill and and you go not gung ho in terms of throwing every single player forward, but you keep your foot on the pedal, really keep moving the ball quickly, trying to create good chances, or you just focus on kind of controlling the chem- the tempo, take the sting out of the game, but doing that without sitting back and inviting pressure on yourself. Yeah. We're going to have to move on in a second. Uh, Anthony, briefly, you've written a piece on him that you can direct people towards rather than uh, restating everything here. But what were your thoughts on this game in particular? I thought it was quite symptomatic of who Anthony is as a player at this point. I thought he actually started the game really well. I've got to say the first five or 10 minutes, he was really involved, pretty influential yeah. to every every good thing that United were doing. Obviously got himself in some great positions. And, and I think that's really what I've found watching Anthony most of this season is that he's he's just quite strange because as a young winger, most most players like this, and Garnacho is a perfect kind of corollary on the other side for United. As this young winger, Garnacho has come in, he's very clearly brilliant on the ball, but out of possession, still has some work to do. Anthony has kind of shown the opposite sort of profile in that his dribbling, his passing is not always the best. His decision-making isn't great, but off the ball, he's excellent. And that it makes him even more frustrating for fans because he gets himself in so many good positions. You know, in his movement off the ball, is it's so intelligent. Defensively, he's pretty good as well. And so he gets in these positions, like we mentioned for his two chances earlier, and just that end product isn't quite there yet. And that is the part of his game that he needs to he needs to improve on. So I, I really, I thought tonight was quite symptomatic of what he's been all season. This player who gets himself in great positions, but doesn't always make the most of them. Yeah, such a shame as well. And I, I don't believe this is a long-term thing. I think he'll, he'll definitely come good. I have faith in him to do that. The price tag's not helping at all in terms of general public and media discussion, but it's such a shame because his first couple of weeks, his finishing was great. And he thought if he can carry on like this while fine tuning the rest of his game, then no one's going to care care a single bit. But he, it, just the fact that he missed that chance that we spoke about earlier, the really nice move on the edge of the box between Ericsson, Veghorst and him, just it, it makes it a lot easier for that discussion to persist constantly which it is. So we won't talk about him for too long. I'm sure we'll come back and, to and it. it. And it's not all, and, and it's not all on, on him as well. No. Like, it's also part of being in a team that is far less dominant than the Ajax team that he was used to playing in for the last couple of years. He's getting less support than he was before because he was starting to build a good relationship with Dallow before Dallow got injured. Yeah. So when Bissaka's come in, when Bissaka's done well, but it's just different. One, I, I don't know the reason for this. I haven't quite worked out why, but wan playing, well, at least today, played very tucked inside, never made the overlapping yeah. run. I don't know whether that's because of a perceived weakness of wan of Anthony's, or to be cautious about the Forest counter-attack, but it didn't help Anthony because he never had that overlapping option, apart from late on when Fernandez started making it a lot more. So... There's, Which there's is odd because for a player who loves to cut inside yeah. and overlap and run, it's exactly what he wants. Yeah. Take a defender away, create some space in field. Yeah. Yeah. What's your piece on Anthony? Where can people find that? Oh, uh, you can go to my Twitter. It's on my Substack newsletter. It'll be my pinned tweet. You can go and see called Anthony, the, the confounding player, just looking at his profile and how different he is to most young players. Nice. Final thing on the 
Forest game, Lissandra Martinez was given man of the match by, or at least on Sky Sports, he was by Gary Neville, which, uh, which he loved to see. And he received it very gratefully, very smiling. I love the contrast between him on and off the pitch. There was a, oh, there was a brilliant tackle today. I, lo- I love watching him play. He's brilliant. Now, the, the, there's, there's a contrast between that lovely floated ball over the top to Fernandez, which didn't quite work with the, the Veghorst move. Worked from uh, from Martinez's point of view, but not the final bit. Then that crunching challenge to stop a Forest counter attack, and then also off the pitch where he's kind of got a cut eye and that headband on, receives his man of the match awards, and he's very <laughs> very softly spoken and uh, yeah, very he's quite gentle off the pitch. I, lo- I love what a what a masculine icon. Um, let's yeah, let's wrap up very bit quick bit of youth news the under 21s beat finals 2-1 last night it was the final game in our Premier League International Cup campaign we had played Sparta Prague Monaco PSV Eindhoven all before Christmas lost most of the games uh, but beat finals which is good Charlotte Menil scored both goals Uh, the first one was just a a very smart first time left footed finish past uh, an outrunning goalkeeper and the second was a, an audacious effort from the left wing after he received it from Noam Rimran uh, probably the game most notable as well as a McNeil brace but for five debuts all off the bench two 15 year olds Shay Lacey who's a very exciting attacking player plays on either wing or in attacking midfield lovely feet wonderful uh, passing vision and, and execution he is 15 so I should probably should be not be talking about him in such uh, exultant fashion but yeah he's he's been exciting so far in the under 18s Jace Fitzgerald the other 15 year old to make his debut scored I mentioned this in the episode of the weekend scored an absolute scream against Liverpool for the under 18s at the weekend which is worth watching uh, two, uh, one 16 year old made the under-21 debut, James Scanlon, and two 17-year-olds, James Nolan and Louis Jackson, who you might remember stepped in for Tyler Fredrickson at centre-back in the FA Youth Cup final back in May uh, last year and did a very good job. Was called out of his school lesson to go and play in front of 67,500 people at Old Trafford and did very, very well. Um, So an under-21s debut for him as well. Uh, Final thing before we go, Jack, is the Reading And in, in loan news, oh, Charlie on. Savage has gone on loan to Forest Green Rovers as well. Yeah. Yeah. Confirmed in the last couple of days. I mean, he joins Forest Green bottom of League One, so he's got a bit of a they've task just, in his hands to... I think they've just sat their manager, their manager as well. Didn't they, as yeah. Well? yeah. So yeah. I, was, I was quite excited by that move just because I think it's a... I think he needed to go out and get some, some first team experience if he wasn't going to get it at United, which he's not. But... Uh, yeah, slightly weird to go into a club and have their manager sacked pretty immediately. So we'll uh, we'll see how that one goes. Um, yeah, Reading on Saturday, 8pm, FA Cup fourth round. Nice opportunity for Ten Hag to have a think about his team here because with the Forest tie not wrapped up, touch wood anyway, even though I've, I've not jinxed it there, um, but it's an opportunity here with two games where he can think which of these do I want to prioritise. You'd think he will now prioritise the Reading game, probably a half and half kind of system for the Reading and the Forest games to come yeah. and, and get, get a bit of rest going, which is is very good. I'm going to predict the United win because we should absolutely be beating Reading. I'll go for a 3-1 victory. What will, <laughs> you, what will you go for? In fact, not 3-1, we should be beating 2-0. <laughs> well, I think you're right about sort of the half and half 
thing. Yeah, I, don't, I doubt there'll be anyone, at least not any sort of first 11 players that play both the Reading game and the Forest second leg next week. Wouldn't surprise me if you see us go relatively strong to start with, hope to have a lead at half time and then see a lot of players come off before the hour mark. I will go with a slightly uncomfortable 2-1 win. Yeah. I, I, so sort of similar to the Charlton game. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be comfortable because you expect we'll have a different goalkeeper. I think Maguire will start. I think Lindelof will start. I think Wan-Bissaka will start and, and maybe shorter. But I, I just think it, it'll be a changed team. I don't think it'll be that comfortable. And we're, we've been pretty reliant on Rashford's goals and, uh, and Fernandes as well. And I don't think either of them will start a game against Reading. We'll see. But um, yeah, Fernandez is the is the one that really and Rashford, but Fernandez as well, just because we don't really have anyone who can naturally step in there. We have Ericsson, but obviously he's been playing in midfield with Van der Beek's injury. Yeah, it's it's hard to see where Fernandez is going to get rest from. So taking advantage of these next couple of games is going to be huge for him. Yeah, Kobe Miner's continued to be on the bench for these last few games, so I would be, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he starts against Reading, which would be great having started against Charlton in the League Cup, which was an equally significant uh, cup tie, if not more, given it was a cup uh, cup quarterfinal. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if if he plays. Same with Garnacho and Polistri, would be no surprise. Possibly one for Sancho to make his return in, but Tenag didn't seem to be suggesting he'd come back immediately. So, we'll see. But, um, yeah. If anyone's going to that game, enjoy it. If you're watching from afar, enjoy it. And we'll wrap things up there. Jack, reminder of your Twitter again. It's at UTD Tate, T-A-I-T. And my Twitter is at HarryRobinson64. The podcast itself is at UTD Weekly Pod. That's P-O-D at the end there. You can find information there about how to sign up to become a patron for as little as pound fifty a month. You get ad-free early release episodes with a bonus Q&A at the end of each Tuesday morning episode as well. So... If you're interested in that, go do it. Otherwise, if you want to support the show in a free way, you can leave us a review on whatever podcast app you use. And otherwise, the final otherwise, have a lovely week and we'll speak to you very soon. Goodbye. Network.